0: What is going on, everybody? We're going to take a poll and see if you guys are Vafas or Falas or something else. Wow. Um, Don't quit I've been general. taking singing lessons. No, I have not. <laughs> Maybe you uh, should start. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That could be helpful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can take a lot of lessons. Um, welcome uh, to another Bachelor Goat episode. Uh, I don't even know who our guest is going to be yet because we're recording this before we've decided. So, surprise! <laughs>
1: it's it's someone from great. Bachelor.
0: <laughs> um, I did want to... Uh, take this uh intro to uh, uh address some of the feedback i got regarding the reality steve episode i i will say obviously the reactions to the reality steve episode have been eye-opening and i've given a lot of thought probably more than i'd like to admit but uh they have been some uh well i, I guess hopeful lessons but certainly tough lessons both professionally and personally i think starting off you know professionally Um, I, I definitely failed to, um, understand what my audience was expecting and wanting to hear and, and did not do a great job uh, of setting expectations around what my audience was about to hear with this episode, because I clearly, if, you know, as it became obvious, came in uh, to this episode with a very strong point of view about reality, Steve and, and the, uh, effect and the negative effect he's had on a lot of people's lives. And I guess I thought that my audience would, uh, I guess, be interested in hearing uh, me hash it out with reality, Steve, um, about those differences. And so, you know, when it came to some of the, what sounded like, you know, arguing or bicking, bickering, or even me talking over him and, you know, That uh, leaving it in there or allowing that to go on was hey, this is going to be kind of a raw and emotionally charged episode Uh, And certainly not the type of episode that a lot of my audience have I've come to expect with some of my guests in a more kind of interview style Um, It's clear. Obviously, I wasn't even trying to do that. I wasn't even interested in doing that Uh, I can certainly admit that and so there's two questions there i could have just recognized how emotionally charged i was and just simply have not have done it that's a fair criticism why don't even bother uh and that's looking back is a uh, quite honestly something that uh maybe i should have done Is just not have done it and recognize what i thought to begin with is that we're just going to disagree agree to disagree and it's not going to be productive had i decided to still go through with it i again could have better done a better job of setting an expectation, uh, with my audience and then recognizing just how, um, emotionally invested in the conversation I was so that I could do a better job of conducting the conversation in a way that was probably easier. would be easier to listen to. I also made the mistake of thinking that my audience would be interested in hearing two grown men bicker about their differences of opinion as it relates to the the bachelor show in general. And I guess, as I say that out loud, it sounds kind of idiotic, but uh, I thought it would be kind of a fun debate about, you know, he said, he said, and that just a difference of opinion. But what that ended up turning into and in sounding like, at least from my end of things, is, you know, me defending the show too unobjectively. Listen, what I said about the show is how I feel. I've had a very unique experience in the show. I've been vilified by the show. I've been rewarded by the show. And so I recognize that I see the show probably a little bit more nuanced than others. Um, And that's probably because of my unique experience. And I realize that's not the case uh, for everyone. If I had a really big regret in terms of how I said things, it was I think by getting into the weeds in that discussion, I painted way too broad of a brush as it relates to other cast members' experiences on their show, and I think, um, while unintentionally, I I it made it sound like I was dismissing uh, other cast people's experiences. Um, you don't have to be top four to be wronged by the show. In fact, a lot of people who aren't are the people who are wronged by the show, and everyone has their own experience about the show and all those feelings and experiences are valid. And um, I think just, uh, you know, the truth is I don't want to defend the show. Uh, uh, It wasn't my uh, uh, intention to defend the show. They don't need me to defend the show. And I think for the sake of arguing uh, with Steve, I wish I would have just, if looking back what I would have done differently, I would have simply just acknowledged what is true, that the show does at times misrepresent people. And by doing so, uh, they can and have negatively affected people's lives. And if anyone wants to critique the franchise and suggest they need to be held more accountable for that, that is clearly a fair criticism. And I think had I acknowledged that and not bothered getting into the weeds about the semantific- semantics of it all, I would have had a better chance of articulating the point that I hope was hoping to make by having Steve Vaughn to begin with. And that was having a discussion about what he does, how do he became the blogger, the the spoiler to deciding to cover cast people's lives outside of the show, and the impact and the negative effect he has had on those people's lives um, by often getting it wrong um, and so when Steve wants to criticize the show and want to hold them to a higher standard, I wanted him to you know uh, recognize how he's impacted people's lives sometimes i don't know you know i never really knew if he really truly understood in fact and again i i think i definitely failed to realize how emotional and and how strong of an opinion i had towards steve because i think as the conversation went on i probably just i, I just got angrier and angrier and, and was trying to like quite honestly i was trying to um not get more angry. You know, for example, when he was talking about what he did to Jenna, I was learning for the first time and not quite honestly, was processing that information as I was talking to him. You know, I, after getting off the show, I've read into it a little bit more and had a, a brief correspondence with her, but listen, what he did to her is heartbreaking. I don't, no one deserves that. I don't think even people can imagine, uh, what that experience is like, was like for her uh how detrimental that probably was and um, certainly was to her mental health and i know there was an apology given by steve but an apology is nice but it doesn't take any of that away and the hurt still continues and um that's a significant story but there are many other examples and you know obviously i talked about the things i felt like steve did to me uh whether it's putting out false information leaving up false information putting out biased information, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But there, listen, I have a ton of friends and a ton of peers uh, who have been affected by him. Uh, a lot of, I've seen anxiety attacks. I've seen fights in relationships. I've had fights in my relationships, all caused by the information he has put out there and often incorrect. And I think I was just trying to have a conversation with Steve around that because ultimately my goal was to, um uh talk to steve about how he goes about things going forward because listen i realize now more than ever there is clearly a demand for what steve does there is an appetite for the information he puts out there and i'm not i can't change that clearly he's going to keep doing that and i think my hope was and i I, what i failed to do on the podcast and what i've tried to convey to him even in private is i just hope that he cares amount, as much about that as he wants to show to and that if he continues to do what he does without making significant changes in how he goes about doing it he's going to continue to hurt people um and that was really just my hope that um that he would care i recognize that a lot of people don't care i mean kind of honestly, it's been disappointing to see some of the reactions of you know like sometimes an apology is nice but it doesn't change things you know it doesn't get back the some of the things that happen and quite frankly listening to steve acknowledge some of these things it at least for me and you know just trying to get people to relate it almost felt like <clears throat> with there was an acknowledgement but there was a yeah but this and a yeah but that and that's why i did things and it almost it felt like um that because there's a demand for what he does that gave it the justification. And so if he ever gets it wrong, well, sometimes he's sorry, it seemed to be an acceptable level of collateral damage. That's how it felt. That's how it feels um and again i i recognize there are probably a lot of people out there that may not care i right? don't have a sympathy we signed up for it and if we're gonna if we're willing to sign these crazy contracts that give the show a right to paint us and any likeness that they see fit that, that there's somehow we should know that there's a person like steve out there who who might do the same whether deliberately or accidental and i i recognize that my hope is that steve cares I think, again, that's what I was trying to convey and obviously didn't do a a great job of, of doing that because, you know, I was thinking back about our conversation. I still don't think, um, that there's any justification for anyone on social media to tell someone to kill themselves or to, uh, as someone this past weekend told Chrissy to, uh, what'd they say? Keep putting food in my mouth instead of using my mouth for speaking. Uh, I don't think that's ever right. There's no justification. But what Steve did a good job of pointing out, and I should have just not tried to, for the sake of argument, argue with him, is that regardless if it's not their fault, the things that the show does has a ripple effect that hasn't affected negative people's negative lives. Obviously, Olivia is a great example of the show wronged Olivia and the vitriol that she experienced on social media affected her life. Um, And that's, again, the same goes for Steve. You know, Um, I don't follow reality Steve. And 100% of the time when I knew reality Steve was talking about me, it's because anytime he would talk about me and say something negative, it would result in what felt like a lot of people. And his fans and followers would then come and attack me, DM, write comments and say, quite honestly, nasty things and things that, you know, I would tell myself, it doesn't matter. They don't know me, but would affect my mental health. And knowing that often it was false information and and incorrect information just made it really hard to accept. And uh, so, yeah, I guess I just hope that Steve cares and uh, I wish I would have done a better job of, of, of uh, conducting Uh, that conversation, or again, just simply recognizing that I was too emotionally charged to have it, uh, on a personal side, I think a lesson I learned is just being careful, uh, when you're seeking out vindication or or validation or even revenge, you know, um, it's a very dangerous road to go down and almost always, it's not going to work out the way you hoped, um, I mean, I've, I've, i you know, I, I finished that uh, conversation with Steve and he acknowledged some things and I thought I felt better in the moment. And I got to tell you, obviously that really backfired because, well, I don't know what everyone's point of view was. There was enough of people who, um, it really, it, it honestly, for a couple of days, I felt like I was back on Andy season. Um, and Uh, it really opened up some old wounds um and uh had i not tried it was like you know you want to get validated and you think if i don't know how to equate it's like if if you walk on someone who's like fucking your wife or girlfriend or something and someone who just hurts you and so whoever whatever the situation someone hurts you and you want to not only do you want them to feel what you felt but you want other people around you to understand and you know and I hand him on thinking you know if I get him to own up to this stuff, people will understand how i felt and um uh, yeah it like I said, it just backfired, and it's a sobering lesson for myself that closure really needs to come obviously through from within and that um any you know seeking out validation it, it can be very dangerous and sometimes really backfire and uh I hope that uh I I learned that lesson, and uh, for those of you listening, maybe it's something we can, it can be an example for other people. But uh, I think that's all I really want to say about that. Anywho, as always, we do appreciate you guys tuning in. Uh, Check us out tomorrow for an amazing episode with ex-Harvard professor Tal Ben-Shahar, who's a professor in... Uh, positive psychology. Did I yeah, say that right? Po- yeah. he, he studies he happiness, yeah. how to be happy. It's it's a a fascinating episode. A really great conversation. I I really enjoyed it. I thought, boy, what a what a time to talk about happiness and how yeah. we can understand how to be happy. Uh, surprising information I think Tall yeah. uh, offered. So uh, be sure to check that out. And without uh, further ado. Oh, by the way, we've decided who our guest is going to be. <laughs> yeah. Quick update, time warp. Uh, JP Rosenbaum.
1: Yeah.
0: Can't wait. Got a crush on this guy. <laughs>
1: so here's JP. <laughs>
0: Get that water in your body, people. It's summer. It's hot. Uh, uh, the 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 country, heat wave going around. It's crazy. Uh, and when it's hot out, you got to keep getting the fluids your body needs to stay hydrated. Well, Liquid IV, I tell you what, I'm loving it. It's delicious. It's tasty. And it's also like drinking like two to three water bottles in one sitting. Uh, It's also full of nutrients. Uh, It's got vitamin C. It's got potassium, as much potassium as a banana. And I don't like bananas. Um, Yeah. So listen, uh, a lot of people uh, think of Liquid IV as kind of this hangover preventative or, or something you drink the next day. And it's fantastic for that but (laughs) I drink it on a daily basis because quite frankly I'm uh, I I never can drink enough water and it's uh, a great I'm I'm active and you don't even again if it's hot it's warm out in the summer you you don't people you go out there it's humid out and you're sweating it dehydrates your body and that uh, hurts your skin It all the things going on in your your insides, you don't see, and it's because of a lack of hydration. Liquid IV is doing great things. Uh, I'm loving. The, I love the lemon lime. I can't. It's just my favorite. Uh, but they have a lot of great fa- flavors out there for you. No, no artificial flavors. No uh, preservatives, and less sugar than an apple. I mean, hey. Less sugar than an apple. Uh, Liquid IV is donating 2.3 million servings in response to COVID-19. Products are being donated to hospitals, first responders, banks, veterans, and active military. So uh, not only are you doing great things for your body, you're doing great things for your community. Right now, Liquid IV is available nationwide at Costco and Target and you can also get 25% off when you just simply go to liquidiv.com and use promo code VIALL at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use promo code VIALL at liquidiv.com. Get better hydration today at liquidiv.com, promo code VIALL. have always loved a good market. I also love a good market that uh, focuses on quality health and nutrition. And I'll tell you what, as a proud... Th- thrive market member thrive Thrive. Uh, they have everything I need uh, did you know there's over 70 different diets I literally just learned <laughs> that as I read that. it I literally did not know um, but yes obviously uh, the diet industry it, it can be complicated there's a lot of different things out there and as your friends come up to you and say hey you trying to get out this new diet and you're like I don't how do I how, if I want to do that how do I get the things I need to disorder just, just go to thrive market they have it whatever diet else. whatever diet out there like if i just made up a diet right now my guess is thrive market would We'd quickly have for it. would have something <laughs> for it as a member i'm saving 25 to 50% off traditional retail prices and their carbon neutral shipping is free on orders over $49 the savings i get on my favorite clean organic products are amazing but i also feel good about helping to support communities in need in addition to members matching thrive market has raised over $750,000 to date through their COVID-19 relief funds. We're just... Everyone's helping. Everyone's helping. Everyone's trying to do their part, and you can benefit and help. Benefit yourself. Be healthy for yourself. Help yourself. Help your community. Obviously, I'm a proud Thrive Market member, if you couldn't tell. You (laughs) will be, too. Try it risk-free. Go to thrivemarket.com slash V-I-A-L-L. Join today, and you'll get up to $20 in shopping credit towards your first order. That's T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash V-I-A-L-L to start your risk-free membership and get up to $20 towards your first order. ThriveMarket.com slash V-I-A-L-L.
1: JP, how's it going, buddy? You know, you are my first official podcast, like, I think maybe ever. Ever? Yeah, maybe we did one when we were off the show, but, like, this is the first one. Well,
0: I honestly don't even know if podcasts were really a thing when you guys got off the show.
1: All right, all right, easy, easy. (laughs) I'm just, you know. No, they weren't um No, social media was not.
0: I'm, uh, I'm, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad a to be your first, and you know the. I I decided to have you <laughs> on just because I'm I'm watching the you know Brad season, and there, we'll 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 get into it a, a little bit. But so many um, amazing between his two seasons, he had some obviously amazing characters, amazing women, but like you know from a show of a context, some really entertaining people to watch. You know, one of which was your now wife but I'm watching I'm like you know I'm gonna ask JP to come on because uh, I've always kind of like you and I've never met in person this is honestly the first time we've talked we obviously have a a lot of close mutual friends we've heard a lot about each other Uh, I've heard so much about you um, both in like just my personal life through mutual friends and then when I was going through the show like your name would come up as like a reference point and I kind of always had this little man crush on you uh, from afar. And I thought, well, I'll have JP on because I know you've, <laughs> you've been through a lot recently and you've had some things going on. And I thought, you know, uh, I, I, and I just wanted to talk to you. And you came on on the, on the episode and I'm like, you know what? I want to talk to JP. So here we are. And I, I thank you for coming on.
1: My pleasure. I really hope I live up to the hype. I know that we've, we've had... Lots of correspondence via social media, and uh, but that's kind of where where it has ended. So we are well overdue for this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. The first time I actually learned of your existence, and I'll never forget it too. And I I won't get into too much detail, but it was right after I woke up from my fantasy suite with Andy, and. And it was like I was just <laughs> nice I was,
1: timing. But, uh, I know, weird, right? <laughs> <laughs> I woke up great right night. I'm I like,
0: thought hey? of JP. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it JP. No, it was I'm uh, flattered. Listen, it just it felt right. Um, I was processing the night, and I had a, a, a lot of positive. Things from that night, and I had a lot of like all of a sudden questions. I was overthinking the experience. What did it didn't mean? I was the first fantasy suite, and as I'm sure people can imagine, like what might be going on in my head. And the producers could tell I was just like in my head about everything. And I remember just walking the beach with two producers, like having a beer, and just be like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. Like I, I love her, but like what if it, other stuff? I don't know. And and they. Your name came up as like someone who like listen like I understand blah blah blah. There's this guy named JP and he we had a lot of the same conversations with him about his experience from this point to the end. I'm like, well, I don't fucking care what JP had to say. Like I and so like that was my first memory of you, and it was just, it was just a very vivid memory because I kept hearing about this guy named JP. I had no clue who you were, and I was supposed to like do what JP does because uh you know you were you were. You know this beloved guy in Bachelor Nation. So that was my first oh, point, God. my first memory of you.
1: Well, that's 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 really nice. I'm um, glad I came up in conversation. Yeah. I'm glad it was all, or at least mostly positive. I mean, I was certainly had my ups and downs, and I wouldn't say it was smooth sailing the entire time. But um, that's nice to hear. Yeah. Um, maybe let's
0: let's start by like dabbling into to Brad season before we get into a conversation between uh you and I uh you're a very handsome guy JP uh and as a, a, a i got to say watching uh Brad season that guy's a hot Brad Brad's a good looking guy i don't know what you thought but like i'm watching it and it's just like he's uncomfortably good looking <laughs> Really? You didn't think so? You don't think Brad's I don't handsome?
1: Think I, I, speed. Really? Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not taking is, anything away I from him. Like he's very
0: handsome. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I don't know. He I, is, but that's kind of the franchise MO. I mean, I know. a lot of good looking people. I mean, Brad? Like, I'm I not, mean, you know, compared to the rest of the, the, the franchise, I'd say he's, you know, right down the fairway. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, guess,
0: I guess I have a man crush on Brad that's <laughs> not very objective. Um,. No, but yeah, it was – I got to say, I also – what did you think, JP? As you watched kind of this uh, episode back, and I'm sure while you didn't uh, watch it – what's up, buddy? Yay. JP's son popping it. Hey, bud. (laughs) Um, As you were watching it, I I really felt for Brad – Because I remember hearing about his first season. I never watched his first season. I did remember watching, I watched Brad's Night One, like with friends who were Bachelor fans. And I was like, what's going on? What am I watching? And I I very much remember. Season one or season two? Season two. Yeah. His Night Two. And I just remember like Emily coming out and be like, well, she wins. Um, (laughs) You know, and I I think I had a crush on her. (laughs) Um, And um, they talked so much about how he was like hated and, and like because he didn't pick two, you know, one of the two women. And boy, even watching it back now, this idea that he was like somehow this like terrible human and he had so much soul searching to do and the therapy he needed because like America and Bachelor Nation was just like, how could you not pick anyone? And I'm just like, did you? Right. Were you thinking that too? Like how insane the reaction was to him not ending up with anyone?
1: You know, I I think I'm a little desensitized to it now because first of all, nothing surprises me. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, back then, I feel like it was all, even though the show had been around for years, anytime something slightly different happened, everyone went crazy. And so at the time, I'm sure it was like, oh, you know, remember, we only see a snippet of everything yeah. that, that he goes through. But at the time, it was like, oh, my God, how could you do this? And and now looking back at it, it's like, meh. Not a huge deal, but I I get in the moment at during those times why people would have that kind of reaction. Oh,
0: I mean, I get how it was set up, and like even Chris Harrison. I mean, love the guy; he's a friend. But man, what a what a troublemaker that one is. Where he's just like, "Boy, we didn't think Brad could make a bad decision, but here he is." And it's just like his bad decision was to not end up. And again, great, like not picking someone doesn't define who they are as a person. And just the little things were also. I loved how, like, I could be wrong, maybe things are different, were different then. And like, Neil Lane wasn't a part of that then. Uh, but this, like, in the they showed a clip of like, and you even bought a ring, Brad. Yeah, <laughs> now I am, I maybe, maybe that's true, maybe in the past, but I'm pretty sure he didn't ever buy a ring because even Brad was saying, like, yeah, I was looking at the five or six rings because that's what they do, the, yeah, 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 Neil will bring out like five right. rings you know and so it's like you get to pick one of these five this isn't right. like a whole ring shopping experience right and this idea that chris yeah. is like keeps selling this idea that brad went out and picked a ring and, and spent his own
1: money is silly yeah well it's it's kind of along the lines of when either the bachelor or the bachelorette plans a date for you know whoever they're going out to see whether they're on a one on one they have nothing to do with the planning of the dates. I mean, it, good point. It is yeah, funny because part- I,
0: I didn't watch it back then, and it does seem like for I don't know if it is a result of like social media, but the show definitely seems a bit more willing to like not pretend some of those things don't happen. Like the idea, like it, it almost yeah. seemed like in the past. That Chris, you know, Chris is kind of the person. Like, they tried to sell everything as too authentic. Like, the bachelor was planning the group dates, or no, the no. bachelor was like booking the helicopters or making sure there was a hot tub, right? Like, in an alleyway for them to make I out. I did this for you. I did this for you. <laughs> yeah. For you? And, <laughs> right.
1: Exactly. When you were, when you were it was on, all part when, of an image.
0: Yeah. When you were on with Ashley, was it still like that, or was it? a little bit more how it is now?
1: I had nothing to do with any planning. The only thing that I had... No, I know, I mean, I know you do don't have anything is, to,
0: like the planning per se, but like did the show, right. did you feel like the show was like emphasizing that a little too much?
1: Yeah, you know, they, they set up the fantasy land, right? I no, I didn't even see it.
0: I just spilled coffee on myself.
1: Just, <laughs> a tide, a tide, tide pen or something over there? Great. Uh, yeah I mean it, it was definitely set they had their system right and they had their image and they had you know how things are supposed to happen uh, and so I think there was still that was still a time where there was a a, 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 a up program and and they were following the program and so so yes I mean there that did exist you know uh, again I had nothing to do with yeah. picking any of the rings except one of the five, right? I had nothing to do with really the final gift that I gave her and like right before the fantasy. Speech. Oh, you did well. it? No. So they, they still, uh, n- not really. I mean, not really. I mean, I wrote, the words were mine, but like the ideas, nah, no, not coming from up here. I, I nothing to do. So they, they basically, it's an assist, right? They kind of sure. serve it up for you. Totally. I, I will say I did come
0: up with my gift ideas for both Andy and, and Caitlin. But that was just me being like, this is what I nice. want to do. You know, I, and I think it's just a matter of, like you said, like, it's so stressful. There's a million things going on in your head. So for a lot of people, it's just like, I don't, what, do, what do you want me to do? I don't, I don't know. And they definitely, like, that's their job right, to think exactly. of romantic, I think, things. So. Sure. Um, Absolutely. And you had no, so you had no idea that Ashley was going to be the Bachelorette after, and you didn't watch any of Brad's seasons.
1: I, I never watched at all prior to, I mean, obviously I knew just because of the, 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 bachelor world that, that it existed, but I never watched any episodes. And I remember when I went out to, you know, for the first weekend of filming, that's, I think that's when they told us, and you're, you know, your bachelorette's going to be Ashley H. And I'm like.
0: What I found very interesting watching uh, this kind of recap of Brad season was when he sent her home, and again, I, you know, obviously the show will emphasize certain points. So who knows if it was that much of a focus? And I'm, and I guess I'm curious asking you. I'm sure having, I'm sure you talked with Ashley about the experience a lot, but it, it seems it was presented in a way where uh, it was about Ashley's career and her dedication and her drive to be a dentist and be focused on her career which was it seemed like part of the reason why brad had decided to send her home and then subsequently that was kind of like the seemed like the theme of ashley's season of like the career woman the one who like wants to have her career but the family and the marriage and love too um was that like in, the, in real time, did you feel that was the theme of her season? And I'm just wondering if uh, what, what, if you and Ashley have had conversations about that in terms of uh, her career. Because what's so cool when you hear hearing about Ashley is she became the Bachelorette, and then she went back and finished school and, and like fulfilled all those dreams, which you don't see that as much anymore.
1: So Ashley and I never once talked about her season with Brad. Never once. Uh, but Excuse I can tell you that me, on our Daddy. season, I'm on the
0: phone. I will come back. Okay, she's okay,
1: go. Uh, on our season, we had a, a lot of discussions about um, what we what we saw happening after the show was over, and it was always she's going to go back, finish dental school, uh, and and be a pediatric dentist, and and I was going to go back to the real estate world and go back to work, and we were we were just going to go back to our lives pre pre bachelorette. Um, it was always just a known you know, outcome after the show, finish school and, and start working as, as a dentist. Uh, and, and that's, you know, that's what happened. Obviously we had a, a couple of kids mixed in there, but um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it was an overall theme. Uh, and I don't recall if that's kind of how they portrayed it on, at least on our season. I don't think that they did, but it was never a theme. It was just kind of a matter of fact, this is what's going to happen.
0: So you recently I know you were in the news um you've had a bit of a health scare. Um yeah. And I remember when yeah. it when it came out. I mean I I didn't you know it quite frankly it it, it people were just kind of like didn't know what it was. It seemed like you had this kind of unique scare and um yeah. it seemed potentially really serious and that was like a real kind of even for me I hadn't met you and I'm just like I called my our, our mutual, one of our mutual friends like Is he, what's going to you know, happened, but uh, yeah. yeah, can you shed some light on that and and that experience and, and yeah. what that was like? And
1: yeah, absolutely, it was all very very surreal and life altering. Um, I had I had woken up one morning, gone to work like any other day, and then by lunchtime, my ankle started hurting, and it was just weird. I, I mean, I worked out, you know, maybe a couple of days before, but nothing that should have like affected my body and. Um, by the time I got home, I had picked up a pizza for the kids and I got out from the pizza place and I'm holding the box in front of me and my, my wrists don't hold the box. The pizza just like falls. I'm like that. Nah, I, I gotta get home. Something's not right. And I dropped my keys. I, I had to brace myself against the car to get up. I get home, talk to Ashley. Something's not right. Uh, and we decided to wait it out until the morning, uh, to see if I got any better. Woke up, next morning and I couldn't do anything. I couldn't put on underwear. I couldn't brush my teeth. I couldn't obviously tie shoes. I couldn't pick up my kids. I couldn't, I couldn't, I was almost incapacitated. I could walk and like shuffle around, but no upper body strength whatsoever. Um, I called my friend who's, who's a doctor down here in Miami and he took me to the hospital and I get in the car and he sounds, he says, it sounds like Guillain-Barre. And I obviously have no idea what that is. Um,
0: but get the, he to the hospital, he the neuro- kind of he guessed right
1: he guessed right he guessed right um and get to the hospital and the, the neurologist who was on on call was there within an hour and he agreed he said it, it seems like yaon beret and, and then what they do for that is lumbar puncture and cat scan and uh, all sorts of stuff and then by three o'clock in the and this is probably eight in the morning and then by three o'clock in the afternoon i'm I'm admitted. I'm on uh, IVIG. It's called it's called immunoglobulin, um, which is the treatment for for Guillain Barré. Um, but I'm checked in, you know, to the hotel to the hotel, <laughs> to the uh, to the um, hospital around three o'clock in the afternoon with a room being monitored. And uh, the fear is that it it gets to a point where it impacts your respiratory system and you have to be put on a ventilator. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm freaking out a little bit. Um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm Googling throughout all this just to read up, read up. Yeah. And for those of Uh, you who
0: don't know, I mean, without, at the risk of talking about, you know, the med, you know, we're not doctors obviously, but do you have, I'm sure you, like you said, read up on a lot, but what, what, it's such a unique (laughs) thing that no one's really heard of. What is it?
1: Yeah. It's an autoimmune disease when, The antibodies from a previous infection, whatever whatever it was, uh, recognize your nerves as foreign. And then they go and after they finished killing off whatever they killed off before, go and attack the nerves in your body. And so now your body is basically attacking itself. And the treatment is something that binds to your antibodies to prevent them from attacking your nerves. So once you are diagnosed and treated, it shouldn't get any worse. But then like anything else, your nerves have to heal. And that's what takes time. So uh, I was in the hospital for two days only. uh, So two and a half days. So Saturday morning to Monday, eh, I guess three days. Saturday morning to Monday late in the afternoon, almost evening. Um, And... Uh, I immediately within a couple days after that started going to physical and occupational therapy to learn how to do you know fine motor and strengthen my legs and so, like, it was it was frightening frightening
0: Wow well I mean yeah. that's what was kind of, what was going through your head in those few days I mean were right away were the were the doctors like well we just have to treat it and you'll be fine was was there a kind of a, a period of like we don't know how this is going to go. I mean, from a family standpoint and like, what were all the things kind of going through your head?
1: Yeah. So once I think I did like an Instagram live or something where I, I let everyone know that I had it and then just messages just started pouring in of everybody. You would be surprised how many people have, have, have this or have had this. Um, and almost like anything, there's a spectrum, right? You have the mild side of the spectrum and then you have the extreme side of the spectrum. And this extreme side is where you're on a ventilator for two months and you spend four to five months learning to walk again. And, and then there's the mild side where, you know, you're back on your feet in six to eight weeks and it just impacted, you know, minor things like, again, like tying your shoelaces. Um, and so for me, I was just concerned when the progression would stop. And even though I was on the treatment, um, I couldn't be certain that the progression had stopped, right? Because I didn't test everything that I could do during the treatment. I didn't try and, you know, kick a foot, kick a soccer ball. I didn't try and write my name. I didn't, there were a lot of things I didn't do. And, And it wasn't until maybe Sunday afternoon that weekend where the physical therapist came in and she had me stand up and she had me test all of these things. And I burst into tears. I couldn't do anything. Like I, I it's not being able to just get out of bed and put on a sock and forgive me, wipe your ass. And like, you can't do any of it. And so I, bur- like, I remember being on FaceTime with Ashley when she had gone home after being with me for a little bit. And I, I, I was, I was just crying. Like, cause just unknown, is it going to get worse? Will it ever come back? Um, but, but luckily, the progression stopped, and that's when the doctors feel like you are in the clear. If the progression stopped, their, their biggest concern is attacking the respiratory. Um, and then once progression stops, then they can almost send you home because, you know, you've had your treatment. You're not getting any worse. Now you start PT and OT. Wow. That
0: is a... So
1: I got very lucky. Very, very, very lucky
0: um and i'm i'm glad that you did and uh that's uh it's uh, it's crazy and i remember like again from my point of view uh, you know we've had this connection i've never met you and i remember just being like i hope he's okay and, and it was kind of a, a really scary 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 moment you know you talked about just how it was kind of life changing um having to deal with something like this and the scare um how has it impacted your life and and do you feel any residual effects whether it's negative or i guess an eye opening and what's what what's been a silver lining that you've maybe taken from this experience
1: i it definitely puts a lot of things into perspective you know i i was a very neurotic uh i would say um uh, critical former new yorker that uh you know, l- little things would, would, would bug me. Um, I, I have a, a shirt that I've worn for a long time that a friend, a mutual friend actually got for me. That's just as I love hating things. <laughs> um, and it, it kind of just, <laughs> it helped, it helped put a lot of things into perspective, like all the little insignificant bullshit that we all deal with on a day to day basis. It just doesn't matter. Yeah, Cause the moment you can't pick up your children because of some life-threatening disease, that that's what matters, right? Not whatever someone said on Instagram, or you know, not like if something didn't go your way, or not. I mean, none of the little shit really matters.
0: Yeah, I mean, I gotta say, um, I'll, I'll get in, I, I'll get in my funks, and it's like I'm aware of that premise, right? Um, so much yeah. like. I, so much of what I think about is like, don't sweat the small stuff. Nothing, all these things, uh, none of these things matter. This doesn't matter. We, when we talk about relationships, about how the little things that we fight about don't matter. And yet, uh, I'm like a lot of people where you kind of go down a rabbit hole when you have the sometimes the convenience to do so. Like, it's almost as if, like, every, every yeah, of all the big high level things in your life are going well job security, family, health you know, et cetera, like the important things. And when when those things tend to go well, I find myself just going down these rabbit holes and and ruminating and having anxiety over some of the most insignificant things that don't have an impact on my life. In fact, those are the things I probably have anxiety and ruminate about the most because, you know, knock on wood, so far I've been very lucky and very blessed with some of those high-level, you know, things that truly are the most important.
1: Right. I I think that's totally normal. I think you're, everyone has that, right? And I'm not saying all that has just disappeared for me. I'm saying it's just, it it, it has helped put it into an, a little bit more perspective than I had before. Little, sti- little stuff, I mean, still pisses me off, but maybe I'm not as vocal about it. Maybe I sure. just keep it on the inside. Maybe I just, you know, maybe the way that I handle it is changed, and it's not black and white. It's not like I'm all of a sudden this saint that nothing bothers me. You know, I mean, a lot of shit still bothers me, <laughs> but it's it's what I do with the stuff that bothers me and how I respond to it. I think I, I take a little bit, I do it a little bit differently, but that's always you're always going to feel that way. I mean, yeah, people are just annoying sometimes.
0: Totally. You know? <laughs> so now that you you were diagnosed with th- with this. Disease is this something that you have to be mindful of the rest of your life, or you do the treatment, you get better, and you hope it doesn't. You don't have a reoccurrence, but is it kind of an ongoing thing that you have to medicate or anything like
1: that for? No, the odds of me getting it again are about the same as me getting it in the first place, which are slim Um, for anyone. Like a hundred thousand to one, two hundred thousand to one. I don't know. I can't remember. I think it was a hundred thousand to one. Um, and, but don't think that when, you know, COVID started, it's not in the back of my head, like, oh, maybe there is a chance that if yeah. I get that, then well, whatever's fighting COVID you, like, so.
0: Yeah. You mentioned being on a respirator and obviously so much that we hear when it comes to COVID is the people at the greatest risk or people with preexisting conditions or any type of breathing right. problems and things like that. But is, in your case that your, your doctors have said that's unrelated wow well that's that is that's good yeah. to hear um yeah. how has it been you know speaking of COVID, i know we talked a little bit about it before the show but you and ashley are in miami kind of hunkered down
1: it, it's it's insane i can't understand some of the logic that goes on here in, in florida and, and miami especially uh you know we've been very conservative from the get-go like not seeing anybody only going out when we have to, you know, kids play outside in the backyard and go swimming, but no play dates. And we've been very, very strict with it. And we still are, but Miami now seems to be the epicenter, the new epicenter of it all. And nothing's really changed. Like people still, not everyone's wearing masks and people are still, you know, gathering in groups. And I, and, you know, starting today, I think actually the, there are are now associated uh, getting violations, fines for not wearing your mask in public. So maybe that'll help, but, um, not much has really changed over the last few weeks here, but certainly not for the last few months with us. So we've been, we've been pretty isolated. Um, a, because my condition shouldn't shouldn't be affected, but my kids, when they get sick, get very, get it hard, upper respiratory areas. So yeah. we're, we're being very careful.
0: How has it been just like, maybe does it, have there been ups and downs where it's just like, everyone's just like, oh, you're all, he's, you're still here. I mean, you're homeschooling now, you're doing, or has it just been a a, a blessing? I mean, I you I hear so many different variations of what it's like to be quarantined, whether you're single, married, dating with kids, et cetera, et cetera.
1: I would love to have the, the names and numbers of those people who told you that have kids, that it's a blessing, that it is not a blessing. Um, don't get me wrong. Like we all love our kids and we want to spend time with our kids, but you know, two working parents—we're we're not, we we are not made to stay home, be able to work, be able to watch the kids, be able to teach the kids, and so it's very stressful because you constantly feel guilty that you're not providing enough for your for your for your child. You know, are they being stimulated enough? Like. My, the kids, my, our kids, they don't really have the attention span to do virtual learning with 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 their classmates. And so they don't really pay attention. And it is a lot of stress. I mean, um, you know, I'm sure we'll look back on this time as uh, something we will never we'll never get to do it again spend this kind of time with our family. But I wouldn't say it's all quality time. It's it's very stressful. Uh, we are on top of each other. We try to each Ash and I try to get out individually when we can just, you know, take a break. Um but um, you know, we're, we're, I think we're ready for a change, even though there's not one in sight.
0: Yeah. Um, do you guys? I mean, I, I I know you you'll tweet stuff. Do you guys follow um, anything on the Bachelor franchise at this point, or is it just are you? Because even it's always funny because like you know the Bachelor would like to bring back successful couples. You guys are as successful as anyone in the franchise. Um, there's been other obviously successful couples, but you guys have a great story and you've been married for eight years. Um, it, you guys don't come back all that much. Is that more on your, your guys' choice of just being in Miami and being busy or, and just kind of want to getting away from it? Or what, what's, what's the reason why we yeah, don't see you as I... much as like some of the other successful <laughs> bachelor couples?
1: Yeah. A combination of things. We both work full time where, you know, on the East Coast. Uh, we have two kids, and so you know, when someone will call us up say, "Hey, we're going to film on a Monday. Can you come out?" You know, it's like not really. Like, how do we make that work with childcare? Am I taking off work just to fly to LA for forty eight hours? Like, it, it our our jobs and our family. I think we're always a priority, and and not that we don't have fun with everything bachelor related. We do. We, if we were in LA, lived there, maybe it would be different. Sure. But you know, just just kind of how our lives went, we just don't really have have. The time to put into it. Yeah, well, that that, that makes. And sense. also kind. Of, and we're also kind of boring. I mean, you know, we have a happy, you know, happy can't happy family. Like, yeah, that's great, but our day to day is not terribly exciting. That, that
0: I mean, honestly, it sounds more exciting than my day to day right now.
1: <laughs> what? <Well,
0: laughs> pre, even pre-COVID. Uh. Well, I mean, you know, as I'm sure you've, you know. It's, it's just a matter of perspective and what we called exciting, you know. I guess. Um, right. It, it also, chaos is exciting, you know, maybe a different type of exciting. You know, you have your kids, and I'm sure it gets frustrating. Yeah. But there's certainly an excitement about, like, you know. A lot going on at once. A lot going on. All of a sudden, maybe your kid's painting the wall yeah, with their dessert. True. I don't know. It seemed probably frustrating for you. But I'd yeah, be like, well, this is ab- crazy.
1: <laughs> all the above. The latest is we have this like putty that they play with. And if you leave it in one place for too long, it basically just melts into it. So if it's on a tile floor, it's fine. But if it's on the couch or any other any other fabric... So now I, I've i spent about a half hour this morning trying to scrub this melted, now solidified putty that's embedded in the fabric of our couch. So if you call that exciting, I mean, I, I guess.
0: I mean right now yeah, uh, I got excited <laughs> driving into the studio today I got a, I got a new car and I got a, I saw a scratch in my car it came out it was just a mark but even that that took it took three seconds to rub and it came off I, I couldn't imagine like right. even that I don't know it sounds <laughs> thrilling I would love to troubleshoot that problem maybe once I mean not every day I'm sure what you're having to deal with but like
1: right. uh, yeah. sign, sign you up for some silly like, like, like I don't know yes. could I figure this out
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: yeah but i I have the putty equivalent to every single day so <laughs> but hey it's part, part- of part of the job
0: yeah that uh i mean you're you're a blessed man and you uh it's for all the you yeah. know the does the the batch of franchise work and all those things i mean it's it's it is fun to see these stories and and you and Ashley and the family and You know, again, it it didn't work out for me, but I always, you know, get asked a lot of questions like, you know, the realness or the authenticity of the show. And I'm just like, I don't know what to say, but literal children have been born as a result of people meeting on the show. I guess you could like, if what, like they've created a life, they've created a handful of lives, but even that is kind of nuts to think about. And, um, you know, I, you know, that, that is pretty cool. Yeah.
1: yeah, the, the show, it's a gateway, right? it, it It's, yeah. its I mean, not the equivalent of meeting someone in a bar or, or, you know, online, but like, you know, it puts you on a path for either a successful relationship or not, just like any other, you know, catalyst for a relationship. So yeah, definitely a unique way to, to meet somebody. And, uh, you know, if it works out long term, great. You and
0: Ashley never even watched your season, did you? I remember hearing something of that. Is that true? Or like when it was uh, airing?
1: Uh, we never watched it together. We never watched it together. I probably watched a few of the earlier episodes, not some of the later ones, uh, because at that point, you know, you're you're in hiding for two months and I'm just like, enough, over. I want it to be over, just, you know, out in the real world and get on with our lives. So uh, I would say I watched 75% of them. It wasn't until the last like three episodes or so I didn't didn't watch.
0: Are you guys...
1: Your kids are still pretty
0: young, and they probably have no interest in reality TV, but have have you two had discussions about like, I mean, obviously you're going to tell them, but I mean, because it it must, are are you excited to say to your kids how mom and dad met as if it's like, this is a really cool and interesting (laughs) way? Or are you more like what are my kids going to think? You know, like you met, we met on a, like, well, how, what's your perception of having that conversation with your kids? And like, cause every, to some degree, every parent tells their kids (laughs) the story of how they met and have you envisioned having that conversation with your children in say five or six years? Uh,
1: so uh, no, we have not. Uh, you know, we, we've, we've let, our oldest watch something on, on TV where he sees mom and dad, but he obviously doesn't, doesn't get it yet. Yeah. Um, you know, at some point, and we have not, we have not prepared at all. At some point we will, we will tell them. And I think it all depends upon how old they are at the time, at the time that they find out, right. If they're, if they're teenagers, will they think that's ridiculous? Will they think it's cool. Will they, I, 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 and I don't know, you know, it's different from telling a nine year old versus telling a 14 year old and so the, the short answer is no, we have not prepared any of that. Um, and I think we probably have a couple more years to figure it out. But, oh sure. Um, you know I'm 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 hoping like you know it's a it's a it's a fun story. Oh, that's what and, I'm saying. I, I think it's will, a fun not story. I'd embarrassed. <laughs> yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean I I personally, I mean, I, I hear my parents tell their story and it's cute, but it's it'd be fun to see, you know? Um Right. Yeah. I think it would be kinda kinda neat.
1: We'll uh we'll make sure to 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 tape the you, uh the,
0: Yeah, videotape their the reactions delivery. um about like hearing hearing about. It. My guess is my my you know what my guess is is that your kids will figure it out on their own. It'll be this point where Probably. like Probably you hear I hear stories from my friends like kids grow up fast. All of a sudden you're like they're on the internet. We're like, how did you know how to work that kind they're of Googling. thing? Yeah, they're like they're waiting. <laughs> right. And that would be my guess is that your kids will figure it out and come to you being like, what the heck, mom and dad? And then you'll have to have the talk. Yeah. But they'll have discovered it on their own. I, I would be I wouldn't be shocked if something like that happens. Uh, well, but JP, yeah. it's been a, a ton of fun catching up with you. I'm so thankful Likewise. and glad that uh, your health scare was just a scare and that you made it through and um, always a, a good reminder sometimes when we get in the weed about our uh, our own neuroses and the things that we tend to uh, stress ourselves out about and get anxiety about that uh, at the end of the day, if we can have health and happiness and, and friends and family in our lives, that's Uh, always really important to be thankful for and and not sweat the small stuff as, as they say, it's, uh, um, I appreciate you being willing to share your story and talk about it. And, uh, just it's, it's, we never can get enough of those types of reminders, especially in in the things that are going on in this world. And it's so easy to get distracted and stress ourselves out about things we can't control. And, uh, but we can control being thankful for the things that we do have. And, um, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to, to share that, uh, with us. So, um, Absolutely. do you, do you, uh, where can people find you on social? I mean, Hey, listen, you're out there, you're tweeting, you have an Instagram. I mean, we'd love people to follow your, <laughs> I, your, your journey. I mean, you give us a plug JP.
1: Thank you. <laughs> I don't have anything to plug. I haven't tweeted in a while. The Instagram I think is underscore JP Rosenbaum, but, um, You know, it's hard to be too active these days with all we got going on. But um, but I appreciate you having me on. I feel like we were we were definitely long overdue for this. And
0: well, when uh, 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 the quarantine ends and people or if I'm ever in Miami and you're in L.A., I I look forward to uh, hooking up in person and finally meeting you and Ashley. And uh, I've always been big fans of you. Like, you know, I didn't know, know you guys during your season but uh, I've certainly looked you guys up after the show and, um, you know, it's always been uh, fun to interact with both of you, you know, virtually. And so uh, tell Ashley, I said, hi, and, um, you know, I will. best of luck with quarantine and the kids going forward. I hope it, <laughs> uh, hope it's not too strange. Appreciate it. All right, buddy. thanks, uh, thanks a lot. Right. And as always, we, we thank you for uh, listening. Um, we thanks for, you know, JP it's taking the time to do this with his his family. So we hope you enjoyed the, the kiddos popping in and, and having fun in the background. You know, COVID times, people, COVID times. Don't forget to tune in tomorrow uh, to talk about uh, a great topic, happiness, the study of happiness with a former Harvard professor, uh, Tal, who studies uh, clinical What? Positive psychology. Positive psychology. I don't even know.
1: The science of happiness. It's an
0: actual science. Did you know this, JP? There's an actual science of happiness. happiness. (laughs) Anyways, we talk about it tomorrow on the podcast. (laughs) It's uh, one of of my faves. And uh, make sure to check that out. And as always, we appreciate you taking the time. So until next time, have a great day.
1: Sick of being upsold at gyms?